going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. Uh, this is episode 80 of the Jake Podcast, the Jarvis Landry episode, as you will, for sticking to current Browns. Uh, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while uh, since my last podcast. Episode 79 was almost a month ago. And uh, yeah, today's July 11th. It's Thursday. It's 8.15 p.m. And, you know, I... Just a lot of things going on. There have been a lot of sporting events in June. Uh, there was a vacation I went on. And just a July 4th came around. A lot of things going on. So podcast had to kind of take a take a beat for a minute. And that's fine. That happens. But we're up to 80. Up to episode 80. Got a lot to get to. Uh, got a couple OMMRs for you guys. Got... A uh, little bit of a top five that I could run with uh, based on one of the movies we saw recently. A lot of fun things to get to. But first, jumping into MLB All-Star Weekend. Now, a lot's happened in the other sports since uh, since we last spoke. NBA Free Agency, I mean NBA Finals happened. That was big. Uh, NHL, Stanley Cup Finals. There have been a lot, but you know, MLB... All-Star Weekend in Cleveland this year. It's one of a few big-time events coming to Cleveland in the next few years. Uh, there is a uh, the Democratic Convention was there I think two years ago, and uh, the draft will be there in two years. The NBA All-Star Game will be there. I'm speaking NFL draft, but NBA All-Star Game will be there. Um, and and, uh, and and this was a big one too, being the MLB All-Star Game. It was there in the late 90s when the Jake was an early stadium. And there were some pretty good events. There was a great Indians team. Sandy Alomar Jr. was uh, All-Star Game MVP. And, and there were a lot of like fun events uh, surrounding the Indians because they were such a good team. But this year was a great weekend. Now, everyone loves the new Home Run Derby format. Uh, I do. I especially do because I think, you know what, it's a derby. You shouldn't have like a certain amount of swings. It should be everybody has a certain amount of time. And if you can go up there and hack the ball 40 times, go for it. Uh, instead of, you know, seeing finals where it's like, oh, one guy had three home runs in the finals. It's like, no, it's how many homers can you hit in four minutes? If you want to change it up at all, just change the time. You know, the first round is two minutes, something like that. Uh, or if you want to add another round, make the first round like one minute. So like a play-in round. There are a lot of things they can do differently if they want to change it. But the last three years, the home run derbies in Miami, Washington, and Cleveland have been a blast. This one, no exception, highlighted by the Vlad Guerrero Jr. and uh, Jock Peterson second round matchup. Vlad started the first round. Uh, having 29 home runs, which would broke Josh Hamilton's single round record. Now, Josh Hamilton didn't win the home run derby. He lost. Uh, but then again, a lot of times the guy who wins the derby isn't exactly the best home run hitter of the day. It's just whoever did the best in the finals. Uh, Vlad, 29 in the first round and, and beat Matt Chapman. Uh, and then in the second round, had 29 again, but was matched by Jock Peterson. They went to triple overtime in the home run derby where uh, Vlad eventually moved on. They did a swing-off. It was really cool. It was awesome. And then Vlad made it to the finals where he lost to Pete Alonso, basically because he was like, I hit the ball out of the park 90 times at this point. Literally 90 times. So uh, he fell just short to Pete Alonso of the Mets, who was also a rookie. It's always cool to see these rookies do well in these things, especially since this year there's a money value involved. There is... Uh, there was a $1 million bonus to the Home Run Derby champion, which uh, often is a guy that, you know, well, first of all, they've never had that before. And usually the Derby champion is like, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, one of the biggest contracts in baseball history. Bryce Harper, last year, one of the biggest contracts in baseball history. So, you know, to see it go to a guy, Pete Alonso, who's making $550,000 this year, it's like, yeah, it's cool. He's getting two years salary almost. So, I just thought that was a cool little tidbit. Uh, P. Alonzo beat Carlos Santana of the Cleveland Indians in the first round of the Home Run Derby. Uh, again, this isn't really an event for Carlos. He showed up. He did well. Hopefully, you know, like it doesn't mess with the swing too much because he went out early. B. 
because he's been having a great season. Uh, one of his best ever in his return to Cleveland. He played one season in Philadelphia last year, but his return to the Indians has been nothing short of awesome. He's carried them offensively into the All-Star break where they now sit five and a half back of the division. They're hot, and they're just looking really great. So uh, something to, to watch out for. The Indians in the second half, one of the hottest teams in baseball, 22-9 and nine since the start of the uh, month of June. So before we get into a ton of uh, Cleveland stuff, because I want to get back to that, All-Star Weekend also had the Futures game, which you know was, was fine. It, was, it ended in a tie. Uh, it was more of a pitching duel than anything. And the softball celebrity, celebrity softball game, which had, it was Ohio or Cleveland against the world, which I thought was a really cool theme this year. Um, had guys like Drew Carey, Joe Thomas, uh, The Miz. Uh, you had J.R. Smith, Machine Gun Kelly. You had Jim Tomei, Kenny Lawson, Lofton, Carlos Baerga. It was a real, like, self-pat on the back to Clevelanders and Cleveland fans all like because... It was just, it was a very big gets us weekend. And not a lot of people get the whole gets us thing, but that means a lot in Cleveland. Um, maybe I should give some examples because not everybody understands. But gets us is when you see a player or a, a person who uh, goes above and beyond for the city, whether it's defending fans or talking about how awesome the city is uh, or just, you know, for example, you know, C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance, two NBA players. Uh, C.J.'s never played in Cleveland. Larry Nance just uh, came over to the Cavs about a year and a half ago, but spent a good amount of time in the Lakers. They both grew up as Cavs fans, and they still rep the Browns super hard, even though they don't have to. Uh, that's a big gets-us thing. Uh, when Shaq came to Cleveland, and he said, win a ring for the King, a little gets-us, not a ton. Uh... When Josh Cribbs, Stipe Miocic, uh, Ernest Biner show up at the Cavs parade, big gets us. Big gets us moment. And obviously OBJ wearing a Jim Brown jersey on the sideline of the NBA Finals. I mean, that might be the biggest gets us moment of them all. Baker goes on to defend Cleveland on, on, on radio shows. LeBron coming home. J.R. Smith shirtless at the softball game. That was awesome. He goes into the game, rips off his shirt, and you know that's a little callback to the NBA Finals when he went three straight days without wearing a shirt in Vegas and Cleveland and Golden State and just like was like, whatever. A lot of fun there. Victor Martinez cried when he got traded from the Indians. So all gets us type stuff. And, and this was a big gets us kind of weekend for uh, Cleveland because he got – we got all of our, our favorites coming back, repping the city. There are a bunch of ambassadors. Uh, Sandy Almar Jr., Jim Tomei, recent Hall of Famer Jim Tomei, uh, and uh, Francisco Lindor were the big ambassadors of the weekend. It was very cool to see a bunch of guys that we all know and love and, and represent the city. I, Frankie Lindor was calling it his city to everybody, and which, which like is making everyone cry because we're like one day we're not going to have enough money to sign this guy and it's going to be a shame that he leaves. God, I win before he gets out. But it was just it was super cool. Jim Tomei, by the way, recent Hall of Famer. I'm I'm not sure if I mentioned that he made the Hall of Fame last year, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Shout out my boy Bill Mead, who uh, thought that would take much 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 longer. Said it would take I think eight years of eligibility. He got it on one. So yeah. First bound Hall of Famer. I think that's kind of a big deal. Anyway, um, back to the weekend. Softball game. I forget how it ended. I really didn't really watch it much. They put it on after the Derby. It's recorded during the middle of the day, and it's filmed after the Derby, and no one wants to watch. But it was just cool seeing all that. The whole Cleveland versus the world. It's a, It's you know That's very much us. Um, and then to the regular game. Indians had four All-Stars. Closer Brad Hand uh, didn't do well in the game. He gave up two runs. Didn't blow the save, though. He struck out Charlie Blackman. Uh, Frankie Lindor, obviously a big uh, player favorite, got voted in by the players and was on the bench. He uh, he should have been in there and could have helped uh, Brad Hand's defense because uh, Gleyber Torres couldn't pick the fucking ball. But regardless, 
Carlos Santana voted in as a starter. Uh, another example of just Cleveland fans showing up for online votes, whether it's getting Peyton Hillis on the cover of Madden, whether it's winning the f- the best sports fan base or best football fan base, sorry, uh, presented by Fox Sports Twitter because they had a bracket and the Browns were expected to lose in the first round and they ended up winning the whole damn thing because Browns fans show up to these. Eagles fans made excuses that it was a bunch of Giants fans voting for the Browns to win because they hate the Eagles that much, even though it's like, mm, only 10,000 Giant fans even voted the first time around, so I don't think they're showing up in spades for this, regardless. Then they got Carlos Santana voted as the all-star starter over Luke Voigt of New York and CJ Crone in uh, Minnesota. So, pretty cool that they're able to, uh, you know, vote him in over, I mean, you know, Crone, whatever. But Voight, New York. New York couldn't even outvote the Cleveland uh, faithful. That's just what we do. We show up and we uh, win these things. So Santana started. Uh, Pete Alonso beat him in the home run derby. Pete Alonso also robbed him of an infield hit with a super stretch. So uh, that kind of sucked. Pete Alonso kind of took a lot away from Carlos Santana this weekend. But it was still great. And then Shane Bieber was an injury replacement. Got to pitch in the game. He's had a great season. You know, 24-year-old starting pitch for Cleveland Indians. Started the year as their number five. Wasn't even uh, on the rotation to start last season. And he comes into this year with the expectation of, hey, one day maybe he'll be an ace. This year he's a starter. He comes into the fifth inning strikes out the side, and wins All-Star Game MVP. A really cool end to the weekend when the Indians held, or the American League held on to win their seventh straight All-Star Game, and Shane Bieber voted by the fans All-Star Game MVP. So, lots of momentum riding for the Tribe going into this break. And uh, coming out of it, they're going to get Minnesota this upcoming weekend. I am super pumped. I am very excited. This is the most excited I've been for a regular season uh, three-game series in a few years because the Indians have walked through the division recently. Now they trail Minnesota five and a half, but they are coming. They are hot. Uh, they had a, you know, right now they're dealing with Carlos Carrasco. Uh, was diagnosed with leukemia, and the team is rallying around him. They showed him at the All-Star game, and they took the field with him and a bunch of other players uh and you know what? It's just I, I think the team is going to rally around him because he's such a fan favorite. He's such a great ambassador of the city of Cleveland. He loves Cleveland. He's always talking about how much it's home to him. He just signed a big contract extension to stay there. I think it's going to. I think the team's going to rally around him, and uh, even if he doesn't pitch the rest of the season, I expect great things. So, interesting stuff. For the Tribe going to the second half, it will definitely be something to monitor. What they do at the All-Star break, is it, you know, uh, do they ship out Trevor Bauer or Brad Hand, guys that are getting too expensive for them? Or do they continue to add by uh, getting some cheap pieces and try to, you know, win this thing? So, pretty cool. Something to look out for in, uh, in the baseball world. Lots of fun coming up. Okay, let's just... All right. That's uh that's the midseason report in baseball, really just the midseason Cleveland report. There's you know, it's still baseball. There's not much to talk about right now, but it's getting fun. Uh tribe's getting hot. It's something to look out for. Now, other sporting news. It's been a while, been a while since uh the last recording, and I know I missed both the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. Uh in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it was very cool to see St. Louis Blues win in Game 7 over the Boston Bruins. Something that I didn't see coming because I just feel like Boston sports, it always just goes in their way. Uh, especially since the couple days before Game 7, Big Poppy was shot. Uh, and he survived, but uh, I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like they show a video message of him on the board and the team rallies and they win and Boston's like, oh my god, like the, you know, it's a classic like Boston like fuck fest, of course. Uh, but it wasn't. St. Louis won their first ever franchise uh, championship, so pretty cool to see that. And there's a, uh, you know, what 
it's it's just nice to know that there's not some Boston slam going on or something like that because I've really had enough of that city winning. It's just uh, it's too much. I'm 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 over it. I'm over sign kid. I'm over you know the the talkers at Barstool Sports, and I'm over any kid I went to college or high school with that became a Boston fan and and just like rubs it in. Sick of it, over it, ready to share the wealth. So it was pretty cool seeing uh, the Blues win Game 7. Another heavy favorite, or at least recent dynasty favorite, or however you want to put it, the Golden State Warriors fell in the finals to the Toronto Raptors. Now, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Kevin Durant played one game in the NBA Finals, and really he only played a little bit over one quarter. Uh, They won that game. The only game that Kevin Durant played, the Warriors did win, but still he did not have a lot of opportunities to uh, to do much in the finals. Klay Thompson tore his ACL in the finals as well. They were a really banged up team. I mean, I know they always make the excuse that Steph Curry's always hurt if he's not playing well, but the, uh, the Warriors were banged up. Toronto Raptors took advantage, and they may have just ended the dynasty because uh, in free agency, Kevin Durant, even though he's hurt and he may miss this whole season, he uh, picked up his bags and went to Brooklyn. Decided in free agency to join the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving, who left Boston, uh, instead of the Knicks. That was another thing. Knicks struck out on free agency. They traded Christoph Porzingis. They traded, uh, I mean, traded any other possible pieces that could be good basketball players just to create space so that they could sign Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, and Bobby Portis. Four power forwards who really shouldn't be on the floor at the same time. So not sure why they spent all their money on one position. Uh, It'll really be baffling to see what they do this year. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they plan on trading guys at the deadline. It's, it, I mean, it was obvious that they struck out. And begs the question: Do they are they the worst franchise in sports? You know, because they keep on losing, and uh, they can't even gain attraction there, even though they're in New York. You know, like some people like to say, "Oh, well, they're in New York. That can't make them the worst franchise." Well, it doesn't help them because nobody goes there. If they, if 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 New York was such a draw, players would go there. So the fact is the New York Knicks are the worst team in in sports because they have New York on their side, yet they're so bad they still can't get anybody. So how bad are the other things like management so that they can't attract anyone based on location? Location is not a factor at all. Um, to the Brooklyn Nets, who have no history whatsoever, I mean, they were in New Jersey. You know, they, they their their history is sporadic at best. They had a couple finals appearances where they did nothing. But Durant is like, you know what? I can go there and I can mold myself back. Kyrie Irving, I want to go with him. Kyrie's like, oh, I want to go home, maybe play in the garden. Now I'll play in Barclays. But they're a disaster, the Knicks. But that wasn't the only story. All right, so Durant leaves Golden State. The Warriors are now finally... Uh, no longer the big dynasty. Their dynasty is over. Uh, I still think, obviously, the West goes through them, but the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis. The Clippers signed Kawhi Leonard, and then Paul George forced a trade there in a huge move that reshaped the Western Conference. So now you got, in LA, Kawhi and Paul George, not to mention Pat Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell, Ivaka Zubac, a couple other good players. The Clippers are like a complete team. And then you've got the Lakers, who have LeBron, Kuzma, Anthony Davis, uh, uh, Rondo, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, LeBron's going to play some point guard there, which would be really interesting. And then they signed DeMarcus Cousins. So looks like L.A. basketball is going to be big. It's going to be fun. Uh, those games will, should be exciting. And Kawhi Leonard, you know, he won for Toronto. He said he wasn't going to resign there. He didn't. 
but it really came down to who was going to be able to get Paul George for him to team up with. So nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw Paul George, who a year beforehand signed with Oklahoma City and got a whole day in Oklahoma City named after him for Paul George Day because Durant left and Paul George decided to stay there. But no, Paul George is like, ah, sorry, I, I, I wanted L.A. the whole time. Which is becoming a dangerous game that these players just really want to go to L.A. And, uh, and you know, the other two big free agents go to New York. Clay Thompson re-signed in Golden State, but again, you know, he's on a torn ACL. That might have been the best bet for him because he could have signed the most money by staying uh, in Golden State. So you got to wonder what NBA is going to in the future because it's sending a dark message that, listen, we're going to the big markets and we're staying there. We don't care how good your team is because we'll go to bad teams in the big market. So it's making it very, very hard for small market teams to compete with these big market teams. You got to draft well and you got to sign these young guys to the contracts before they leave. Don't let them, don't give them a chance. Say, hey, listen, give them the big contract extension. You get those seven years and hopefully you make it worth your while. Cavs, uh, in the draft, went after Darius Garland. Uh, look, we'll see. They got Kevin Porter Jr., Darius Garland, and Dylan Windler. Pretty good haul. Uh, they haven't done anything, though, in free agency. I know they have a lot of these expiring contracts. Haven't done anything with that. So we shall see if J.R. Smith is used uh, in a trade or Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson, John Henson, Matthew Della Vadova, Brandon Knight. They have a lot of contracts that can really help them out in the future. We shall see if the, if they really capitalize on that. Now, uh, you know, moving on from the NBA because really it's not NBA season. They got the you know Zion went number one to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans got a couple other draft picks. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies did good in the draft. So, you know, it, there's a clear divide. It's big market teams and small market teams, and, and the big market teams are catching the big free agents. Small small markets, you got to make sure you nail your draft picks. Uh, next year should be fun, though. It's wide open. The two L.A. teams, Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, uh, Toronto still thinks they're going to be in it. Boston added Kemba Walker, even though they lost Kyrie and Al Horford. Philly adds Al Horford. Miami adds Jimmy Butler. Uh, Indiana's still hanging around. Milwaukee, uh, all they lose is Brogdon. So it should be a very competitive season. And you know what? Even as a Cavs fan where the expectations are very low, I just want to see the young guards play well. And who knows, maybe you found something. Maybe you found the next CJ and uh, and Dame Lillard. And hey, these guys are much younger. You know, They'll be 20 years old this whole season. So, uh, And they still have Kevin Love. And I think Kevin Love's being underrated. But that's the NBA news, the NHL news, the MLB news. And you know what? Breaking news. Russell Westbrook traded to Houston for Chris Paul, two first-rounders, and two pick swaps. Wow. Okay, so breaking news on the podcast. The Houston Rockets now have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Two of the Thunder Big Three are now in Houston. Uh, From that 2010 NBA Finals with Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. Now Harden and Westbrook are on Houston that's a really interesting mix. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, <coughs> I, uh, I mean, the Thunder just keep on adding picks. It is, it's really wild to see them just keep doing this. Now they have Chris Paul and about a thousand first-round picks. I don't think Chris Paul is going to be with the Thunder very long. I think they're going to eventually find someone to take him. But that is shocking. Uh, I just don't, I don't like the fit at all. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun that Harden and Westbrook are on the same team once again. So, yeah, big, big trade. Another big trade. Paul George gets traded from uh, OKC. And then a week later, Russell Westbrook gets traded from OKC. Wild stuff. It's unbelievable. You know, NBA, NBA players, they really control the uh, the whole landscape. Uh, with their like, you know, demanding trades and holding out, and uh, and basically just saying, listen, I'm not going to play here. You got to trade me. You know, it, it's it started a long time ago, but two years ago when Kyrie did it, and then now you're seeing it 
come very often. So very interesting stuff. It's just wild news. Just a lot to take in. Uh, <clears throat> so another new duo. Last year was Russ Westbrook and Paul George. Now it's Paul George and Kawhi and Russ Westbrook and James Harden <clears throat> and Chris Paul with a bunch of nobody. Chris Paul's going to want out of the Thunder real soon. Who's your favorite NBA duo now? Because it seems that the big threes are gone and it's more about duos. Who is your favorite? Uh, comment below. Is it uh, the Clippers, the Lakers? Is it the new Cavs duo of point guards? Uh-huh. Come on. Think about it. Is it maybe someone in the East? You know? Uh, the young duo in Boston. Maybe uh, maybe one of the Philly. Wait, Philly is interesting. They're, they're consistent. It's going to be a very interesting year. The NBA seems wide open. And uh, this will probably be the last to talk about the NBA until uh, the season starts. So, uh that's it. That's it on NBA coverage, NHL coverage, MLB coverage, NFL. Look, there's not much to say. The Oakland Raiders are going to start with hard knocks in a couple weeks. That was announced about a month ago. It was no news then because we all knew it was either them or the Niners. And no offense to the Niners, the Raiders are just way too interesting with John Gruden, Antonio Brown there, moving to Vegas. Uh, there's a lot going on in Oakland. It's obvious that they were the choice. Uh but again, NFL, no news is good news here. This is when you hear the uh, who's your Mount Rushmore of this. You know, I know uh, part of my take loves to make those jokes, but it's true in the NFL season. This really is that time of year where it's like you just don't want to hear about your team because what you hear about in July is injuries, arrests, and I mean, you know, things of that nature, things you don't want to hear about. So it's best not to hear anything. Uh, unless it's like, hey, Baker Mayfield showed up at a charity event, or he got married this past weekend. So congratulations to Baker Mayfield on getting married. But <clears throat> no NFL news is good news. Uh, Going to end up getting my tickets in a couple weeks, uh, making sure I iron that all out because uh, the NFL season is quickly approaching. So once August kicks up, then we'll start talking football. Maybe we'll talk a little fantasy, talk a little uh, Brown season will make some bold predictions, expectations, but now we're just not there. Where we are at is one minute movie review season and uh, big time, big time top fives. So uh, this week, I have five one minute movie reviews to get to. Okay. <clears throat> Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Always Be My Maybe, Yesterday, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So it's only four, but we have a throwback one that I want to include as well uh, that I'll surprise you at the end with. So uh, before we get to the one-minute movie reviews, I do want to give a big shout-out to the Brainy family. Uh, another tremendous vacation. Uh, <clears throat> big thanks to all my cousins, my aunts and uncles, for including uh, my girlfriend Sam on the trip. She had a blast. Uh, it's un it's not that often that someone brings a girlfriend on the trip, okay? Uh, in years past, it's usually people wait till they're engaged to bring somebody. But this year, um, we had three rookies, uh, Adele's fiancé, Nick, who uh, was very excited to come for the first time. He's been hearing about this trip for like nine years. Uh, he felt like this was a long time coming, and he had a great time, and, and it was great seeing him there. My cousin Derek's girlfriend, Anya, who uh, I met about, I think, five years ago, uh, four or five years ago, at Derek's 30th birthday, and uh, she had a great time, too. It was great seeing her. She and Sam got to know each other pretty well, and we spent a lot of time at the beach, the, uh, the Brainy Gang, uh, at least the Jersey-born Brainy Gangs. And then Sam, who was a rookie this year, and just 13, uh, 15 months ago... Uh, I was just meeting her, and now she's on the Brainy family vacation. I mean, talk about rookie of the year status. This is like A-Rod at 19 or Ken Griffey Jr. coming in as teenagers and lighting up the storm, showing up and taking out the garbage, spraining their ankle, but still the next day cooking all day long and getting your ass to the beach. Unbelievable performance by, Span uh, by Sam throughout the whole week. 36th Brainy vacation. 
<clears throat> took a little trip to the Bonzer Shack, our second annual bar crawl from the trip, which is great because we haven't had that. You know, there are times when uh, we were younger that the older cousins would go to uh, Mulligan's, which was just next door uh, with some of the uncles, but those days are over. Now it's about the kids starting this crawl. We had 16 go to the Bonzer Shack, had a great night there, had a couple uh, uh, Bonzer drinks. I got to learn how to make those because those were delicious. Um, I think it was called a Bonzer Punch. But anyway, Bonzer, first rate, awesome, excellent perfection <clears throat> bonzer shack was a great hit and uh you know what next year we're moving a mile up the road so it's gonna be a little bit longer of a walk to the shack but back to the shack part three next year uh it's just love it brainy family great vacation i got believe it or not i got pretty tan uh i'd say in the most improved tanning category i think i took it home because sam was already pretty tan and she just bronzed up really well uh, I, however, was not tan coming into the week, and once we left, Sam said this is the tannest I've been since we've gotten together, since she's met me. So, yeah, not to brag, but it's a very big deal. Uh, great trip, Brainy family. Had an awesome time. Looking forward to a week from tomorrow when I get to see everybody all over again going up to Cape Cod for my cousin Dean's wedding. Uh, very excited for that. Very excited for the return of Cape Cod. Haven't been since summer of 2011. It's been a while, been a while since I've been up there. Uh, I've only been up there that one time. Going to take an extra day and uh, do a couple pizza spots in New Haven. Going to check out and possibly get a lobster roll and hopefully don't like shit my brains out because uh, we all know how I act to lobster rolls. Uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. It's uh, last couple times I had lobster rolls, I've gotten very, very sick, but they are so good, and this is the one place I should try it. So I'm going to have a cup of chowder, lobster roll, going to dance the night away, and uh, have a blast at the Cape Cod wedding. And then a month later, back at it again uh, for a home opener in Cleveland. Going to see a lot of the Brainy family at the rest of this year, and uh, a lot of fun things going on this fall, too. But all right, time to do some one minute movie reviews. Got a lot to get to. We'll start off. Start off with yesterday. No, gonna do that one last. Actually, you know what? Before we get to the one minute review, one minute movie reviews. I can't believe I still call it that. It's still, it's still a tongue twister. I'm gonna do a little uh, Burning Roses because haven't covered The Bachelorette nearly enough this season. Um, we just finished Hometowns, and for the first time I can remember, nobody's going home. Uh, very disappointing, because Hometowns is supposed to be a very crucial week, and it's supposed to make or break you. And for some reason, Jed did, get sent, Jed did not get sent home. Now, Jed was maybe the favorite all season long. Right from the get-go, it was obvious they had chemistry, it was obvious that she was into him. He got an early one-on-one -on -one date in Boston for some reason and it just seemed like okay he's going to be a finalist but when she goes to his hometown and meets his family his family makes it abundantly clear that she is not welcome there and that they are very familiar with this situation uh Jed's family is like yeah we know you're dating three other people we've seen the show uh we don't think Jed's gonna get engaged to you and I was like they were they were basically sticking to the script of how do you get your guy sent home. Somehow, she cries to Chris Harrison. She gives out, she says, I can't give out this final rose when she already gave out two with Luke and Jed waiting there. And then Chris Harrison comes back with uh, the roses you asked for. And uh, she gives out everyone rose. Jed's pissed. Luke is sitting there like, it's unbelievable that Luke even made it this far. Now that he has made it this far, and he has less interactions with the guys, he really only sees the guys at rose ceremonies, and he's not going to say anything, she's not going to send him home anymore. He, every week, pissed off somebody, lied, talked about them behind their back, did whatever he had to do. It's obvious that he's, he like just doesn't get it here, but he still made it through without getting sent home. She was so close to sending him home, but then he refused to go home. Now he's still here. I mean, they're probably going to end up together. It's wild, but they're probably going to end up together because she literally sent him home. 
And he said no. And he stayed and he fought his way back and she was like, fine, whatever. And then enough people were just like, I'm so over this. But she's got four left. We just had hometowns and she still has four left. So I don't know what's going to happen next week. Usually it's the passion suite or overnight date or, or fantasy suite, whatever it's called this season because they're always changing because ABC has to Disney-fy. Whatever the overnight date is, she has four guys left. Tyler, who I would say is the all-around best choice for her because they seem like they really are into each other. There's a lot of attraction. He seems like he's a really good guy. Um, <clears throat> I think he's a good, solid choice. Peter, I feel like Peter is so into her, but there's just something missing. It's more of like a cutesy high school relationship with them. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, it's, it's hard to pinpoint. I just don't see <clears throat> those two together after all of this. And if they do end up, I'm going to be counting till when they aren't together. And then it leaves Jed and Luke. Uh, Jed, I'm just surprised that she like he got this far. Uh, because last week was supposed to bury him. So I don't, I, I mean, I know he made it through hometowns. That's one way to look at it is, hey, he survived hometowns where it couldn't have gone worse. But I think she's that's going to weigh in the back of her mind. And sooner or later, she is going to have to make a cut. Uh, she's pissing off these guys by keeping them because it's like, listen, you're supposed to be making these tough decisions right now and you're not. You're hanging on to other guys. <clears throat> I, I, it's not going to end well for her unless she picks Luke. So I think Jed's going to be going home soon because he seems not happy with her and he was already on the chopping block. Um, Luke, she's just into. It, I mean, unless this blow-up happens, and we're all waiting for the blow-up, we're all waiting for this talk, and it still hasn't happened yet, but I, there's still another blow-up coming. So I'm looking forward to that. This this season, though, I'll give it, I'll give it its credit. I came into the season not caring. Now I care. Now I care. I'm watching, and I'm like, I care. I want to know what happens. I'm interested. You have piqued my interest. Uh, next Monday, I'm going to make sure I leave basketball on time so that I am here and watching The Bachelorette because that's all I really care about on TV right now. That's it. Stranger Things, uh, I will be finishing tonight, and I will talk about it next week. Uh, so that's my TV review for the week. Uh, is just talking Bachelorette, Stranger Things. I'll be finishing tonight, talk about next week. One minute movie review time. All right. Um, we'll start with Always Be My Maybe. All right. Netflix original, San Francisco-based, Asian couple, romantic comedy. I loved it. I thought it was great. I have it in my top five rom-coms right up there after... Uh, Crazy Stupid Love, Crazy Rich Asians, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and 10 Things I Hate About You. Then I got Always Always Be My Maybe as number five. I think that rounds out a solid top five rom-coms. It was very fun, uh, somewhat predictable, but at the same time, like it, it took a different route getting there. Keanu Reeves with the cameo of a lifetime, playing himself, which is Another one that I'm um, just like, I mean, it was one of the best playing yourself roles, period. I mean, you know, I, I can think back to any movie where uh, an actor or athlete or whatever comes in and plays themselves. Keanu Reeves killed it in Always Be On Maybe. Um, cute movie. Great for a rom-com. If you're going to watch a, a Netflix original, this is probably one of my top picks. And for a grade, I give this... Uh, we'll go rom-com scale. We'll give it a 88 on the rom-com scale. Now, that's not going to grade out the same as the action scale, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, moving on. All right, so the next movie I want to review. Uh, sorry, I took a little pause there to watch the finale of Stranger Things, and uh, I'll get my comments on that later. But I want to jump right into the next movie review. And uh, I've got a special guest for this one, Miss Samantha Swayze. Sam, welcome to the Jake Podcast again. Good evening, everybody. 
So Sam actually saw all of these movies with me, but she will not be commenting on all of them, sadly. She has very limited time for the podcast this week. Uh, we did, however, see yesterday. We saw it last night. Uh, Sam, any... We saw benefits? yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You nailed it. We did. We saw yesterday, yesterday. And Sam, what did you think about yesterday, yesterday? I really liked it. I felt in um, different than you on the ending. Yeah. So, but I really liked it. It was enjoyable. So this is a spoiler review. So, oh, if, you are you know, spoiling so it. So we we are spoiling it, uh, people. Okay. You know, spoiler. If you want to jump ahead, um, I, I after giving it some thought, I thought the the good good word to describe it was charming. I thought the movie was charming. It wasn't like, um, it. I had high expectations. I wanted it to blow me away. It didn't. It did, however. I th- I thought it was funny at times. Um, I thought any time like they introduced another thing that like was forgotten by the world, I thought they did a good job. He was like like Coke. Like nobody knows what Coca Cola is or Harry Potter. Like all these things that were also like never happened. And like they kind of did funny things with that. I thought the characters were funny. I thought the supporting cast was good. But it just uh, they were going somewhere, and it just never really happened. Okay. I mean, I still give it like a four out of five. Or is that my, my, should I save that for the end? Oh, no. Sam already <laughs> gave her a review. Um, you know what? I think that's fine. It's a one-minute movie review. We can't we can't give it that much time. So, Sam, your uh, score? Four out of five. Four out of five? Okay. You know what? I give this one... Um, what do Billboard rankings go? Do they do stars in Billboard? No. What? Okay. I, I have this one reaching number five on the billboard top 100 how about that huh oh okay that's how i ranked yeah. it wow yeah. so it didn't reach number one but it got to number five which is pretty good that's pretty good okay next though before i finish the movie reviews i want to jump into a special top five this movie very good movie about music yes and it got me thinking last night there have been a lot of good movies about music now Recently, everyone cares about biopics, which I'm like, who gives a shit? Um, it's getting really annoying because they're going to do another Elvis one. And I'm going to have doing, to see it. Yeah, they're doing one on Boy George, I think, too. What? Who's asking for these? I don't know. The British? Uh, maybe. Anyway. So they're going to do Boy George. They're going to do Elvis. They're gonna, they already did Rocket Man. They did Bohemian Rhapsody. Lame. And uh, there are a lot of things that it's like... There's more to it than biopics. So, Sam. Yes. I want at least your top five, and I'm going to give my top five as well, of music movies. It could be about an individual artist, or it could be its own story. So, remember, this list, it's about the the movies, not the music. Okay? So, like... I'm not going to include Bohemian Rhapsody, and this is for the fans to hear this. I'm not going to include Bohemian Rhapsody, because that movie was an overrated pile of dog shit. (laughs) That has nothing to do with Queen's music. A lot of people are like, oh, Jake just doesn't like Queen. No, I love Queen. Queen might have the best music of any, like, music movie out there. But, movie was garbage. Sorry. Sorry, Queen. Okay. Number five. Give me your fifth best. Fifth favorite. My fifth favorite goes to Sing, the oh. animated movie. I don't know. It's not Disney, is it? No. I don't know. It's something. Dreamworks. But I saw this while babysitting my niece once, and I loved it. I think I loved it more than she did. I was very entertained. It was a very cute movie, and it's entirely about music and basically like a music show competition. Yeah. See, I'm a big Animals Talk movie yes. fan. So I love that. Uh, Matthew McConaughey as the koala bear killed it. Uh, <laughs> Natasha Romanoff was the porcupine. Not Natasha Romanoff. Sorry, I'm still in the Marvel Universe. Um, Scarlett Johansson was the porcupine. Yeah. They, no, they had a lot of like famous people. Taylor Edgerton was in there. Uh, he was the gorilla. And he later became Elton John. So, you know, multiple singing roles for Taylor Edgerton. Uh, or Taron Edgerton, whatever his name is. That was a good choice, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> um, my number five is Purple Rain. 
I ha- you have to have it on your list at uh, least. It's yeah, like I, I mean, I know I don't want the music to like affect it, but like Prince was a really good actor in that. Well, it was like iconic for I feel like that time. Yeah, and it's it's still it like like it hasn't been like done over and over again, and I kind of like that, and that like it it still stands the test of time. Um, I'm big on like the underdog story too. I love like. I mean, Cleveland's all my teams, so Cleveland's a very, like, underdoggy town. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know what? I feel that in, in Purple Rain. I feel like it's this whole, like, escaping this little town type thing and making it big time. So, like, I really appreciate that. Plus, I'm, I'm a big Prince fan. The coolest weird guy or weirdest cool guy of all time, however you want to look at it. All right, come here, number four. My number four is um, School of Rock. Wow. Great choice. <laughs> Jack Black. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you can't go wrong. So I'm actually going to give you a little hint. My fourth is also School of Rock. Uh, I thought, I, I mean. I just remember watching it with um, Lexi. Shout out to Lexi. Shout out to um, Lexi. And we just like loved it. And it's also kind of a quotable movie. Very. So... You know, you're not hardcore if you live hardcore. (laughs) Unless you live hardcore. Uh, Yeah, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Jack Black at his jackiest blackiest, or however you want to look at it. Because, like, he just gets to be himself the whole time. The kids are fun and entertaining. And, like, it's it's just, like, a fun, weird, goofy movie that kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, now there's, like, there's an actual place in Red Bank called School of Rock. So, like, it, it really... It's a great movie, and when it comes to movies about music, like, it's definitely in everyone's list. It's up there. Also, shout out to Tom's Uncle TJ. He was in that movie. He plays the dad of one of the kids when they had the parent-teacher thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, you're number three. Well, I had a, between number three and number two, I feel like they could, like, interchange each other. Okay. But my number three I have is uh, Rockstar. Oh, Starring Mark Wahlberg. We have the same number three as well. <laughs> now, we did talk about our list earlier, but we didn't talk about the list order. So it is pretty funny that we do have the same four three. But Rockstar, great movie. Not to mention the bassist in that was Foreigner's bassist. Kind of forget his name. Yeah, but still, we remember that. I didn't know that until you told me, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we were at the Foreigner concert and we found out that he made it big. Uh playing alongside Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Not to mention being part of Foreigner. But really fun movie. Really encapsulated that, like, glam metal, like, hair band crap that I love. So I got to imagine you feel the same. I loved it, and I had a huge crush on Mark Wahlberg All right, when I was there. settle <laughs> down. Keep it in your pants, Swayze. But, yeah, I loved Jennifer Aniston. I mean, Rachel Green at the time. She was on top of the world, so I get it. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to get me with that one. Yeah. So, rock star starring starring Mark Wahlberg and uh, Jennifer Aniston. So, great movie. We're now down to our top two. We are definitely going to have differences here. Okay. Give me your number two. My number two is Eight Mile. Ooh. (laughs) Don't have Eight Mile in my top five, but it's definitely an honorable mention. Listen, Eminem... Is the greatest. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's my favorite rapper. Loved it. I can't remember what year that movie came out, but I do remember my mom taking me and my younger brother to see it. Definitely should not have been taken to mm. see it at that age. Um, so kudos to her. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I'm going to say it's like 2001, but yeah, I. Yeah. So I was like maybe 11 or 12. And my brother uh, was like right, nine. It was, it was 2002. And, uh, and yeah, that's, you're young. Yeah. I don't know what my mom was thinking. I don't think she knew what it was going to be like, but she's also an Eminem fan, so. Wow. Yeah. Shout out Mrs. Swayze being an Eminem fan. Oh, and rip in the chat for Brittany Murphy. Mm, R.I.P. R.I.P. She was a good one. Yeah. Uh, my number two, not Eight Mile. Uh, I've got Whiplash. Movie you have yet to see. Yes. It. It's probably the best movie on my list, but it's just not my favorite. Uh, J.K. Simmons rocks the fucking world in this one as this like psychopath, like music teacher at like a music college. Uh, it's the only role I've really liked. What's his face? That fuckhead that my, I don't like. Miles. Oh, Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah, uh, I actually liked him in this movie. So I, don't I think know I, why you're against him. I don't know what it is either. 
I actually liked uh, um, Dogs of War, War Dogs, or whatever the, what the, the one with Jonah Hill was yeah. called. So I don't know. Maybe I need to give him a second. Like you're a fan of. Oh this. no! I have a little a short story for the fans out there. When I worked at Madison Square Garden in 2013, uh, he came in there and was kind of a piece of shit dirtbag. Um, because he didn't say hi to you. He was walking with Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan smiled and said hi. Miles Teller just kept on moving like his shit don't stink. And guess what, Miles Teller? Your shit does stink. Stinks like shit. So I don't appreciate that. Uh, and I'll hold it against him. I don't care. But regardless of that, Whiplash, really good movie. And I think that's next on our list of movies we got to see because you, I think, would really like this. And you just look at J.K. Simmons in this and you're like, God, this guy's one of the best actors in the world. Like, period. So I think we got to add that. All right. Drum roll, please. Oh, Whiplash. Song about a drummer. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Sam, what's your number one? If this is not every girl's number one <laughs> movie, I don't want to know them. Well, at least any of them that are born in 1988 to 1993. That's all that matters. It's Spice World. La da 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 La da 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 Spice up your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the best movie out there, I have seen it a thousand times at least. I think I can quote the entire thing. It's about music. It's not even a biopic because it's not <laughs> It's not even like their real life. So it's just great. It's Wait, got they didn't meet aliens in real life? That might have happened. <laughs> and they did j- jump a bridge in their tour bus. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that was a great rendition. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI that was used on that trick. Um, I actually remember seeing Spice World in theaters uh, with my, my Uncle Jay took us. This was, was a very long time ago. Uh, took me, John, Kate, and Maggie. And in the credits, they're like they're like pointing out people in the audience. And they're like, you, no, you, no, not you, you. And I was like, me. And they're like, I like your dress. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I can't believe my uncle, like, like in, I don't know, he must Probably have not enjoyed Maggie that. Probably because Maggie and Kate wanted to see it. Yeah. It was, like, the biggest movie of that time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing I was, like, ten, so they were probably, like, six. Girl power. Girl power. I mean, look, it's a legit choice for this list. Favorite movies about music. I mean, what's more music than Spice World? Nothing. My list, however, concludes differently. And concludes with a Tom Hanks classic that not a lot of people know about. And I kind of like that. I like that this movie is like a hidden gem because it's a brainy family favorite. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's my favorite movie about music. And it's called That Thing You Do. And it's about a one-hit wonder band called The Wonders uh, that originally are just in a music competition trying to win like a cash prize at like a talent show and they wrote this song and they win it with this song because they have a new drummer drummer comes in guy patterson uh because uh giovanni rabisi breaks his hand uh jumping cars or like a meter meter parking or whatever i know it's a little boring but that's what happens so guy patterson gets into the band drums a little bit faster they find out um, that thing you do turns out it's actually an upbeat song and they go on to play it at a couple restaurants and then they get fa- found by a manager. Then they go hit the road and it's just their story of success about this one song. And it's such a good movie. It's one of my favorites of all time. I think I want to review it for the podcast one day because I really do love this movie. I think you just did. I think I just did. I think that was like a whole minute. But regardless, that's it's one of my favorites. It's my favorite movie about music. A lot of people that know me would know this. I can quote that movie better than a lot of people could. And uh, yeah, really good movie. So what do you think about our lists? I think they're both great top fives. They're, they're great top fives. And we left out a lot of really good ones. Almost Famous was really tough to leave off yeah, this list. Yeah. Almost Famous, like, I think it's overrated, but it's still a really good movie. 
And I love the actors in that movie. I'm a big Jason Lee fan. Um, what other ones? We left out yesterday, but not top five. I mean, it's still good, but it was not top five. Uh, left out Rock of Ages and Jersey Boys, but... Yeah, but I say th- those don't count because they're originally, like, Broadway shows. Okay, that's fine. So that, they don't count. Walk the Line, Blues Brothers. Those are good ones. Walk the Line, definitely. Rocket Man was really good, too. I loved Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Uh, you mentioned Sing. You had Sing. Uh, and then there's a bunch of biopics like Get On Up, La Bamba, um, Ray, Straight Out of Compton. Wow. Uh, Across the Universe, I hate, but you know some people like it. Bohemian Rhapsody, I think is garbage. Uh, Star is Born. Ugh, I can't even. <laughs> For those that know. Shouldn't have even been mentioned. <laughs> we, that piece of crap. Sam thinks I just ruined the podcast by mentioning But yeah, that's, uh, that's the top five for the week. Sam, appreciate you jumping on the podcast to help doing that. Anytime. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. And uh, to you guys, I'll finish the top, uh, the movie reviews in just a minute. Okay, I know I said there'd be more, but that's it on the Jake Podcast this week. Everyone, have a great weekend. Waiting for